12 with where we're headed today. If you have your Bible with you and you'd like to open them with me, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're talking about different life goals that people have, uh, that we can have. And we talked about how Jesus warned us uh, against having the wrong life goals. So we'll see the wrong ones and the right ones a little bit today. One of the wrong ones is living for people's approval, really being directed by, motivated by what people think of us. Another wrong life goal would be really trying to store up treasures here on earth, like worldly treasures, achievements and trophies and wealth that is all going away. Another wrong goal would be just being driven by fear as we think our way through Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Positively, Jesus says, and he bookends this. I don't know if you've ever seen this before in Matthew chapter 6, but the word right with godness or righteousness is on both ends of Matthew chapter 6. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it says, do not do your works of right with godness or righteousness before people to be seen by them, or you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. On the other side of Matthew chapter 6, right before the last verse, in verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his right with godness or righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So on both ends, what we're supposed to seek is and work for is righteousness or right with godness. The warning is, so positively seek right with godness. The warning is, but you're going to be tempted to seek something less. So before we talk more about that, I want to let you know what your homework is going to be for this week. So of course, I can't make you do anything, but I can, all I can do is suggest and persuade. And so this is just, if you decide to do something with this, this could be a suggestion. So a suggestion would be to secretly and personally pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to explain both of those words. Secretly is pretty obvious. Personally is a little less obvious. But make it yours. Secretly and personally pray. And then that's the scripture for the Lord's Prayer. Okay? So, I know already you're going, well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so, that's fine. But then, my question for you is, well, what do you pray? Like, so you pray. You probably pray quite often the same thing. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Help my spouse be happy. <laughs> I, I don't know. What, what do you pray? You probably pray the same thing over and over every time. So what do, what do you typically pray? And when do you typically pray? And why do you typically pray? I'm going to argue, and I'm going to try to persuade you. Give me my best shot at praying the Lord's Prayer. And I'm not just saying this. Like, I pray the Lord's Prayer every morning, and I don't just pray it. I actually write it out, and I write it out personally, like make it mine, every morning. So this is, this is like a deeply personal passage to me. Like, I, I really, really practice this. Like, this is... This is 
This is a soul-shaping, soul-healing practice. This is what Jesus said. Do not practice your righteousness before people to be seen by them. This is a righteousness practice. This is like spiritual push-ups for your soul. It will help your soul be right if you do this. Okay? So, here we are in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus' instruction on prayer. Before we do that, we should pray. Lord, I pray that you'd stand in front of me while I'm in front of them, that you talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory's sake. Do this for our good. Do this to save the world that you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we are, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, the assumption is that you will pray. And so Jesus gives us instruction on how to pray. And when you pray, you must not be like the pretenders. You must not be like the hypocrites, the people that are just doing it for fake, just doing it to, for show, just praying so that other people that are around them will go, wow, they really are spiritual. Boy, at least they're Christian. You know, they pray. And you're really, you're just praying to the people around you, but you're, as you pretend to pray to God. Nobody... Nobody likes hypocrites. I'm sure everybody here doesn't like hypocrites, but remember what we said the first week. It's like Jesus is taking us by the face like we would take like a, a four-year-old. Remember I said like our, our propensity is to talk to four-year-olds like they're adults and they hear everything we, and we speak to them in paragraphs. And, and I said it was really one of the best practices that I was taught early on in parenting. What you do is you take... Your, your son who is moving really fast and can't pay attention to anything, and, and you, you, take, you take them by the face and you get nose to nose, eyeball to eyeball, and you narrow what you're going to say down to one sentence. You have one very clear sentence that they can pay attention to. You narrow what you're going to say, you can drive it all down to one sentence, and you say one very clear thing. Well, what Jesus does is he says one very clear thing, and it's, you are going to be tempted to perform for people. You're going to be tempted to be a hypocrite. You're going to be tempted to pray for people. Do not do that. How do you not do that? Well, he's going to tell us. So you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners and in the Bible studies and in, in the church meetings, they love standing there and praying and have everyone say, wow, they are so spiritual that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So like when people look at you and say, wow, they, they really can pray. I mean, they really are spiritual. That is a reward. And Jesus is saying, that is all the reward you're ever going to get if that's, if that's why you're praying. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, so here are some instructions for us on how to pray. Go into your room and shut the door. Don't leave the door open so when someone happens to walk by, they think not only are they praying, they're so humble, they went into that room by themselves to pray. He's like, go into the room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. 
So let's talk about this. Why does Jesus tell us to pray? Well, because your Father who sees in secret will reward you. If you're going to do spiritual push-ups, if you're going to make spiritual investments, if you're going to do something spiritually hard, you have to believe it will pay off. And so Jesus is promising it will pay off. Your Father who sees in secret will see you, he will hear you, he will reward you. And still, there's, I think some of us, a lot of us maybe, that feel like, well, that's not true for me because I don't know how to pray. And your picture of God, maybe, is God up there in heaven, kind of looking down at you going, that's not good enough. And that's one picture of God. Let me offer you a different one. What if God is like a new dad? And, I don't know, a baby is like one when they learn how to talk. Is that kind of like one when they get a few words? Is that, I'm looking at you, Shane, like how old are they? Kind of close, anyway. You get, you get the idea, you know, baby just learning how to talk. And the first words, you know, usually like, da, 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 da. Well, what's, what's a young dad like? She said my name! She said my name! Can you believe it? She said my name! Did the baby actually say his name? Or is it just like saying, da, da, da? Like, like come on, man. But he's not like, he, baby just starts to babble, and he's, he's not like, oh! Pronounce it right! It's father! Father! Is, is that? No, he's like, oh, she said my name! Baby starts to take a step. You know, it takes like, one step, and then falls down, what's dad going to be like? Oh, she'll never get this. Are you kidding me? You fell again. No, she takes a step, and he's like, she took a step. She can walk. Five steps. Is dad like, oh, she fell again. Oh, for the love, why do we even put up with it? Or is dad like, she can walk. This is so amazing. She's going to run a 5K with me next week. <laughs> what if God sees your attempts at praying like, like a new dad and is like, this is so wonderful. I'm so glad you're praying. This is the picture Jesus gives us. Your father who sees in secret, he sees the effort you put in. He sees that you went in your room, you shut the door, and you prayed. He sees, and he's happy, and he'll reward you. So pray. He sees in secret. So we're instructed by Jesus to pray in secret. Well, why in secret? Well, because I think when you're praying in secret, you have the best chance at not posturing for other people. You have the best chance at not pretending for other people. You have the best chance at not pr trying to persuade other people to do something in your prayers, and God just help them, <laughs> you know? You have the best chance at not trying to persuade other people to, 
be something that they aren't or trying to persuade them that you're awesome. You have the best chance at you being you honest to God when you're in secret. Do you pay Do you pray in secret? It's the best chance you have to commune with God. I think of like when when there's when you're having problems with a child, what's the best thing you can do? A lot of times it's to try to get them one-on-one. And when you have that kid one-on-one, usually the problems kind of dissipate because they're not posturing, they're not pretending, they're not trying to persuade. It's just you and them. But what if you thought of yourself as maybe the, the problem child that needs to be one-on-one with God? So you can stop posturing and pretending and persuading. You can just be with God. Your father will reward you, so secretly, secretly pray. Secretly pray. And when you pray, that's the third time, he's assuming that you will. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So what the Gentiles are trying to do is they're trying to convince God to do what they want God to do. They're trying to like be God of God. They're trying to convince him, make him do what they want him to do by repeating something over and 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 over again. And so an example of that would be the prophets of Baal. That's the reference up there. And how the prophets of Baal cried out to God, Oh, Baal, hear us! Oh, Baal, hear us! Oh, Baal, hear us! All day long. Trying to convince Baal to do something that Baal couldn't do because he's not real. But when we try to convince God to do something, to to make God do something, to be God of God and tell God what to do, then that's not real either. That's making God into a false God that he isn't because he's God and we're not. So don't heap up empty praises. Don't try to be God of God like the Gentiles do. Instead, Jesus says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Maybe think of God as a loving, heavenly Father who really does know what you need. So Jesus says, pray then like this. This is a cookbook. And in it, it has recipes. The reason this is helpful is that sometimes... When we try to cook, we say, okay, I don't need a cookbook. I don't need a recipe. I'm just going to do it my way. And so I'm just going to make stuff up. How does, it, how does it usually go if you do that? If you're, like, you're going to like, I'm going to make a cake, and I'm just going to make stuff up. If I did that, it would be awful. I have a hard enough time if I have a recipe. Because <laughs> I have a hard time even following the recipe sometimes. But, but, you know, when, when you get good at a recipe or two, you can kind of make it yours. When you get good at a recipe or two, you can add stuff to it or take away from it. That's how I think of Jesus giving us the Lord's Prayer. It's like a recipe. Like, do this. If you're not sure how to pray, do this. And it will really help you pray in the right way. It will get your head right. Get your heart right. So Jesus said, pray like this. 
And see, I think, I think our problem, part of our problem is we just ignore the recipe all the time. Which I, I think it's, I think there's, there's other examples of prayer in the Bible, and so that's okay to, to pray in a different way. But this, if, if this was your habit, I really think it will help you. And, I, and I'll explain why in a little bit. So think of, the Lord, think of this as a recipe as we go through it. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So just, I just think about a couple of these phrases here. Our Father. So our, our recognizes it's I'm not by myself. And it also tells me who God is to me, that he is my Father. Our Father in heaven. So earth is not all there is. There's more to life than I can see. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many me's and my's and I's did you see there? You see any me, I, gimme's, Hallowed be whose name? Your name. Whose kingdom is supposed to come? Yours. Whose will is supposed to be done? God's. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today enough for today. And forgive us our debts as we forgive, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then, and then we also have some manuscripts add, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here's what Jesus says. He says, Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So secretly pray. Now, if, if a lot of us are like, well, I disagree with that because I like making stuff up. Well, how, how do you typically pray when you make stuff up? So just between you and me, how do you typically pray when you make stuff up? Here's, here's my guess. My guess is when you t- just make stuff up, it goes something like, God, I've got a job interview today. Help me do well. God, I got to do this presentation, Lord. Help me give this presentation in a way. Just help me with this presentation. Help me do well at this presentation. God, I've got, I've got this test coming up, God. Please help me do well on this test. You know what that kind of sounds like to me? I'm just going to be honest with you. You know what it sounds like to me? And I prayed those prayers too. It sounds like, hallowed be my name. Sometimes when we make stuff up, we pray like, God, please fix them. God, I really want them to change. God, please take their selfishness away. God, please help them not be a jerk anymore. God, please you like move in their hearts. Make them easier for me to be around. You know what that sounds like to me? My kingdom come. Sometimes when we pray, we pray, God, this is really hard and I don't like it. Please take this away. God, this is so inconvenient. Please fix this. 
God, this is so frustrating. Please make it easier. God, just please make my life easier. You know what that sounds like to me? My will be done here on earth as it is already being done in my mind. Sometimes we pray, God, God, I've got to make some investments. Help me pick the right ones. God, I just need to pick the right ones so, so, so I can be rich, <laughs> so I can bless your name and be part of your kingdom, right? God, please help me pick the right job. God, please help me, help me with this or that. God, I'm just afraid. God, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? You know what? The, but Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us enough for today. It's about need, not about greed. See, the number one... Well, I'm not, I just say the number one thing I want you to know about prayer. I'm, I'm just not going to tell you yet. I'm going to wait for just a second about that. First, let me step back. First, let me step back and say, remember the bookends that we talked about just a couple minutes ago. Jesus said, beware of practicing your righteousness. I'm sorry, that's this side. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others to be seen by them. You have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Prayer is an act of righteousness. So what we're doing is, when we pray, is we're doing like spiritual push-ups so we're right with God to kind of bring our hearts into alignment with God's heart. Then the chapter closes with, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So what we're doing when we pray is we're seeking to be right with God. That goes back further to what Jesus said in the very beginning, before he even gave the Sermon on the Mount. We're given the summary statement of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Remember Jesus came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so then when we go into the Sermon on the Mount, we see the Beatitudes, which are shaped like repentance, which teaches us how to repent. Here's the big point of what I'm trying to do is I try to bring all of this together into the very center of the Lord's Prayer, the very center of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the Lord's Prayer. What I'm trying to say is prayer is not about us recruiting God to meet our goals. So, so if this is God's chair, and this is our chair, I, I hope that's okay, but it's just a picture. If this is God's chair, and this is our chair, prayer is not us getting God to come over here, and hallowed be my name, and my will be done, and my kingdom come, and I've recruited God to meet my goals and my ends. This is not prayer. But this is what some of us do, and then when God doesn't answer our prayers, we get mad, and we quit praying, and we're like, well, that didn't work. Of course it didn't work. You're not God of God. No matter how many times you say it. Prayer is about us. And this is why Jesus taught us to pray, hallowed be, let me stop, our Father, I'm not in charge of you, you're in charge of me, you love me, you know better than me, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. F prayer is about us repenting, that's the picture up there that we drew of the Beatitudes, and 
the repentance that God calls us to. Prayer is about us repenting of our way and submitting to God's way. So I pray. Our Father, I'm not in this by myself, I'm part of a church. Hallowed be your name, not my name. Your kingdom come. Help me be part of what you're doing here on earth. Your will be done. God, I just, I want your will, no matter what it costs me. Like Jesus praying this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Like we sang earlier today. Your will be done, not my will. And orient my heart, not towards greed, not towards fear, just give me enough for today. And help me not exalt in my self-righteousness, but forgive me my sins. Help me not hide from my sins. Help me not deny my sins, but forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. And lead me not to temptation because I know, I know how prone I am to sin. I know how weak I am. I know how easily I give into temptation. So please keep me far from temptation. Help me not have the hubris to think I can talk with a snake and come out okay on the other side. That's a reference back to Genesis chapter 3. Just keep me far from it, please. Because I'll be ensnared by the evil one. Do this for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. Prayer is about alignment with God. So secretly pray. And, <laughs> ready for this? So if I, was, if I was grading Jesus on this, which would be a ridiculously stupid thing to do, but if I was uh, grading this sermon, I'd be like, well, 14 and 15 don't really fit. 14 and 15 need to be somewhere else because what you have is you have chapter 6, verse 1, which kind of lays out the premise, and then you have, it addresses acts of mercy, and then it addresses prayer, and then it addresses fasting, and then it talks about different motivations from there. So what on earth are 14 and 15 doing? It feels out of place. That's why we need to read it out loud. So why don't you stand with me? Go ahead and stand just for a second. And read these verses out loud with me. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Thank you. You can sit. Anybody okay? I mean, are you okay with that? I read that and I go, whoa! That sounds like works, right? Like works salvation. Like I have to earn salvation by forgiving other people. I read that and I go, that, I, that can't be right. That's some really hard teaching. And what on earth is it doing there? Well, I think if you are aligned with God the Father, if you're praying the Lord's Prayer 
and you're aligning your heart with his, rather than trying to be God of God and recruit him to do what you want him to do, but you are aligned with him, then the fruit of that will be that because you're aligned with God's heart, your heart will look like his, and you will forgive. And a good way to know that your heart is not aligned with God's is for you to harbor unforgiveness in your heart. So it turns out forgiveness is the fruit that Jesus is looking for. Now this is, this is really fascinating because he says later on, on that day, you know, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we did not prophesy in your name. Look, prophecy is not what he's looking for. So we might say today, look, preaching great sermons is not a clear sign that you're saved. You can preach better than anybody else. You can be on the radio, you can have a mega church, and that is not a clear sign that you're saved. He says you can change people's lives for good. People can be healed from your ministry. We prophesied, we cast out demons in your name. People can be changed forever because of your ministry. And that's not a clear sign that you're saved. He says, we did many mighty works in your name. Like, we did all this great stuff in your name. We built great ministries. We built great buildings. We set up great organizations. And Jesus will say, depart for you, depart from me, for I never knew you. That's not the fruit I'm looking for. What is the fruit Jesus is looking for? Because we said, you're, you're only saved by faith. That's true. Shape of the book. Jesus dies on the cross for our sins. We cannot earn that. We must believe that. We must receive it by grace through faith. But our faith is proved by our fruit. This is what Jesus says. I mean, it's exactly what he says later on in verse 7. In verse 20, thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Our faith is proved by what we do. The fruit that Jesus is looking for is doing the will of his Father who is in heaven and one, one of the key ways you do that is you forgive. You forgive. Is there anybody that the Lord is like pressing on you? Like, you need to forgive. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Make it yours. Do it secretly. And when he presses on you, that you must forgive as you have been forgiven. Forgive. So here's your homework. Secretly, like in secret, go into your room, close the doors, it's just you and God. Secretly, Pray. Not trying to be God of God. Not trying to recruit God for your ends. Not trying to manipulate God to do what you want him to do. But pray. Align yourself with God. And a great way to do that. A great recipe for right with Godness is the Lord's Prayer. I mean, you might get saved. You'd be receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Not my will, but yours. 
Not my name, but yours. Not my kingdom, but yours. Forgive me my sins. You might grow a lot. You might make, you might change as a person, becoming less self-centered, more God-centered, more giving. And you might forgive. Forgiveness might be like pulling out a sliver that you know, you've been trying to keep in your arm because you're afraid that if you lose it, you'll lose something important. Secretly. Make it yours. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that if there are any who are still in rebellion against you, still running from you, that you would call them, that they would repent, they would turn from their sin, their selfishness, they confess that, that they would be your kids. They'd receive you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that you do this for your glory's sake so that people would not say the FBC is a great church. But they would say they have a great God. Do this not so our kingdom comes, but so your kingdom comes in people's lives and they're changed for good forever. Lord, we pray this because we, we know what is utterly, terrifically best is for your will to be done here on earth as it is already being done in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.